very disappointing sports podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys as we react to what happened to the Broncos on Monday Night Football. And basically, basically, Will Keys' worst fucking nightmare came true last night as Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' legacy of being this stud, all-pro, legendary quarterback for the next hundred years uh, came true right <laughs> in front of Wilkie's face. Um, how, are uh, you, how are you doing, Will? Very bad. I'm doing very bad. Uh, they just wouldn't stop calling him Showtime Mahomes. And <laughs> it's just like, it's like they had a production meeting at ESPN and they're just like, we need to drive this nickname to the fucking ground. Showtime Mahomes. They did a great job of doing that. I'd never heard anybody call him that before, and I don't think anybody's going to call him that afterwards uh, because Jason Witten and Joe Tessitore aren't very cool. Um, No, they are not. Yeah. They They were opposite of cool. I don't think I've ever seen a player – like, he deserved it for the last two drives. Um, But, like, I don't think I've ever seen a player get his nuts just completely hugged like that on a national broadcast. Uh, have was, you been Have you been watching Tom Brady for the fa- past fifteen years? I. It, it was different though. It felt different. That's because yeah. that's because Patrick Mahomes is new. He's like a new shiny toy. Like yeah. Like like Tom Brady is like uh, when you had a um, a regular Nintendo, and now Patrick Mahomes is the Super Nintendo, and everybody just wants to like throw their old fucking Nintendos away and they're going to talk about how cool the, the super Nintendo is. Yeah. I could have went yeah. with an Xbox one or finally reference, reference, but we're going to the classics here. Nintendo, super Nintendo. Um, I think, I think booger, Maf- booger McFarland is the best part of the Monday night football broadcast. Um, yeah. but you're right that the Mahomes love is insane. It's not. It's not just. You said they kept calling him Showtime. It's also. Yeah. Uh, what, what were they calling his arm? The fire thrower. The. Oh, uh, the flamethrower. The flamethrower. Yeah, fire thrower. God, I. I he, he. I heard him because they did the the graphic before the game where they had like animated Patrick Mahomes and his arm was a flamethrower. It was really stupid, but then during the game I heard it was probably Witten. You're like, and there's that flamethrower right arm we've been talking about. I'm like, oh, come on. We get it. Yeah, he's good. We we get it. Yeah, no, Witten, like not to harp too much on the broadcast because Witten's new and not everybody's going to be Tony Romo in their first few games. Uh, I would Straight be. from the field to the booth. I know you would. Thank you. Um, but you're not like everybody. But he's just really fucking bad. Like, Oh, yeah. He was – he was calling out uh, Cortland Sutton for not making that catch in the end zone when he literally got his arm pulled away from him and had, could only get one hand on the ball. He's like, you got to make that catch, young man. His his arm was pinned. His arm was yeah. – if they got the, the pass interference, I mean, that's probably just the, the mentality of a, a guy who'd been in the league for as long as he did and played as well as he did. I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Witten somehow would have made that catch in a game. Um, but you're right. Like, criticizing Sutton for a, a, <laughs> for getting pass interfered and not catching it, a little stupid. Um, yeah. But what, also, I mean yeah, – Go ahead. 
Sorry, just to, uh, I mean, we just jumped right in here. Uh, we're recapping the Broncos' 27-23 to 23 loss to the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, where Patrick Mahomes uh, basically led a fourth-quarter comeback win. Chiefs are down 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he leads two touchdown drives, and uh, we're going to just get into how that uh, basically emotionally scarred us forever. Yeah, no, where's, where do you think this ranks uh, on your all-time loss scale? I know you've been, you've been watching for a significant a amount longer than me, uh, but this one's, I don't know, like I can – Honestly – I can think that hurt more than this one. I felt like uh, <clears throat> when the, the Broncos had the, the chance to beat the Chiefs at home with Simeon – Yeah. That one stung worse to me, um, maybe because like I just I've already accepted the fact that I think this team is this Broncos team is just going to be average, um, and I think because heading into this game I thought there was a good chance the Chiefs would blow out the Broncos because they've been so good against everybody they've played. So it, don't get me wrong, the way that game ended it, it hurts. But I liked some of the things I saw from the Broncos. Is uh, maybe as yeah. that sounds. Um, okay, so basically our connection just dropped out. We're jumping back in, pretending like we remember what we were saying. Uh, I think I was saying that the the loss didn't sting as much uh, because I expect it. I expect this team to kind of be the Broncos team to be kind of average right now and they played better than I thought I thought the secondary did a very good job in this game um, especially after I'm sort of like re-watching the uh, the tape the tape as they say in the business I'm watching all that 22. but the, all 22 is not even up yet but I am watching the <laughs> film guys um, now what happened in this game that everybody is talking about one Patrick Mahomes great playing 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 of quarterbacking uh, two, did DT slow down? Did Demarius Thomas slow down for the game winner? And the, the referees missing the, the zeros on the game clock. And was Patrick Mahomes over the line? So I yes. think those are kind of the, the things you and I are going to jump into uh, throughout yeah. this episode. Um, but that's me trying to get us back into this podcast after it flaked, my freaking internet flaked on us. Um, yeah, well, let's start with um, let's start with that Keenum throw because everybody after a loss this basically excruciating um, a loss that feels like you've had all of your teeth pulled at once. Um, pe- people just want to create a scapegoat and they don't really care who it is and they'll just point to one thing and say, "Well, we either have to pin a hundred percent of this loss on Case Keenum." or Demarius Thomas for for getting out of his route slow or whatever. And, I don't know, the defense, um, Shaq Barrett was blaming the whole game on himself, basically. Yeah, he gave up one play, like, yeah. all game. Yeah, plus he covered Harris down the field on that long pass. Yeah, yeah I thought he played pretty well. Shaq Barrett um, yeah. is the least of the, the defensive problems. But you, that's, like, that's the mentality you want – every defensive player to have, I think. No, definitely. Right now, 
the guy that kind of worries me the most is Chris Harris and how vocally critical he is of the coaching. Like Chris Harris, usually pretty even keeled type guy, but he is vocaling some opinions that may be true within the, the, the locker room and they may be completely valid. I'm not saying like they're not, but when you start putting it out there, I don't think that helps your team in any way. Um, but that's that's almost a whole different thing to talk about because the, the other people taking the blame today are the coach the coaches and the coaching staff. Um, yeah. But let's 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 talk about the Keenum throw for a minute because you can't put the whole game on that throw. No. Uh, but I think great quarterbacks in those situations they make that play. They make that throw. Like if Patrick Mahomes had that same opportunity, he's hitting Demarius Thomas. You know what I mean? If Aaron Rodgers is in that situation. He's completing that pass. And I think rewatching it several times now is just an overthrown ball by, by Case Keenum. Um, you're trying to split the, the coverage there between the corner and the safety up top who's coming in towards Demarius Thomas. Like, DT was in the right place. The ball was not in the right place for him to make a catch. Um, some people, like, pulled this image of DT – against the Chiefs jumping in the end zone, making like this one-handed grab from years ago. Yeah. It's like, that, the, it's a different situation. <laughs> like, DT was not in a position to leap and make a one-handed grab because the ball wasn't even in a position for him to do that. So I don't think Demarius Thomas deserves as much blame as he's getting. I think it's insane. Uh, and I think, I think I, we can – I mean, aside, that play aside, like – I think I I'm more critical of him for just not making plays throughout the the other 59 minutes of the game. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I also think it's fair to remind people that the play right before that, Case Keenum had an intercepted interception dropped by yeah. by the Chiefs. So that was two bad throws in a row. Um, and that's not to say that Keenum's like a bad quarterback. I just don't think he can be a quarterback who's going to uplift your team on a consistent basis. Like he's like a, a six and a half or a seven. Like he's going to give you some great plays right. sometimes, but he's not consistently ever going to be a, a guy who opposing teams fear is going to beat them no matter what. Um, and I think those two late throws are examples of that. But I also think his throw to Emmanuel Sanders on fourth and 11 to keep that, that drive alive was clutch and I think him finding Jeff Hireman for that big, like, 32-yard gain to get the yep. Broncos in a position to, to have a chance to win was clutch as well. Like, it's just a mixed bag with Keenum. And I think it's, it's becoming kind of evident why maybe Minnesota was willing to move on. And obviously, Kirk Cousins is playing a lot better than, than, than Case Keenum right now. But Although it's not showing on the, uh, on the wins and losses at this point. <laughs> I don't um, think it's his fault, though, obviously. Um, one thing I will say is Case Keenum, uh, however well or not well he played, he had that one interception that I really don't think was his fault at all. I think that was just a great play by the by the Chiefs. Yeah, no, that was an insanely good play yeah. by the Chiefs' defense. Also, Jake Butt wouldn't have given that, that ball up. Let's just say it's, he's stronger than Jeff Ironman. Let's put that out there. It's true. Uh, can't argue with that. He gave you a 10-point lead at home in the fourth yeah. quarter. You should win that game ten times out of ten. You should, and or at least get to, or at least not lose it in regulation. You know, right? It's. I mean, there's so many. 
in a loss like this, there's so many things you can point to. Like the opening drive by the Broncos offense, they had to settle for a field goal after, you know, they convert three first downs on first down. And they were running the ball extremely well. And then all of a sudden, uh, run stopped. Garrett yeah. Bowles can't block. Um, Keenum sure. takes like the sack. And they, you know, they just have to settle for, for a field goal there. So when you leave points on the board in a game like this, you can criticize all of it. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why Royce Freeman only gets eight carries when he's uh, averaging like eight yards a carry, eight yards or twelve yards a carry. I forget. He had eight carries for sixty-seven yards, and late in the game, like where was he? Um, yeah. He, the three and out. The three and out was killer after oh. they. Uh, after they gave up the touchdown to make it, it a three-point game. It was. And I think, you know, talking just a little bit more about Keenum before we move on, the, the thing I noticed re-watching through some of this is he does not have the best feel in the pocket. Um, and we've, no. we've kind of already discussed this, but um, I think in that first series with the, the sack that Garrett Bowles gave up um, – Jared Valdir pushes D Ford kind of in front of Keenum. So Keenum can't step straight up into the pocket, but he could step over to the right and he could have avoided that sack, but he just did not feel the pressure coming from, you know, Garrett Bowles' side. That is his blind side and they call it blind side because you can't fucking see. But I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks who just kind of have that instinct to shift into parts of the pocket where there is, there's room to go. Um, those are like the little things that, that I'm seeing that you're just like, oh, if you would have stepped up to the right just uh, half a second sooner, he would have been able to make a play or decided to take off and run there. So it's those little things that kind of, you know, are, I don't know. Those are just things I don't yeah. feel like you can teach. You're, it's like quarterbacks either kind of have them or, or they don't. And I'm not sure Keenum does. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty decent at avoiding pressure when it's already there and kind of extending the play, but he's not great at just like maneuvering the pocket um, and keeping the play on schedule. Um, just kind of like climbing the ladder, as they say, with quarterbacks. Right. But, you know, if we were to assign blame, which like, I, I don't know, I'm not huge on it, but I think after this game, it's just like something <laughs> so terrible. You have to kind of talk about it. But the big problems I saw last night were, A, the inability to keep running. Or not the inability, but the unwillingness to keep running the football right. after it was working so well uh, for three quarters. B, Garrett Bowles was pretty awful for yeah. most of the game. Held, gave up, what was it, two or three sacks. Um, gave up a sack to start the the final drive which put them behind and lost a bunch of lost them yeah. their last time out uh which was obviously huge at the end um, yeah no that's a really good point i'm gonna complain about the refs just because <laughs> the play clock was at zero it was uh the official was looking right at it he didn't throw the flag he didn't blow the whistle and it ended up being a huge gain down the field to Demetrius Harris, uh, which set up the Chiefs' game-winning touchdown. And that was, that was a huge play. Right. Obviously, they have him in second and 30, um, and they shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. Um, but I, there's no excuse for that either. Um, 
obviously, like I said, though, um, they, they have to play <laughs> – they have to make more plays on defense. They had to make one play. Uh, there were a few near interceptions on Patrick Mahomes throughout the game. They didn't get any of them. Bradley Roby had a chance. Uh, Shaq Barrett, who we talked about earlier, probably shouldn't be that deep in coverage, but he had his hands on a pick and didn't pull it down. And uh, my the, the fourth thing, I think it was the fourth thing I want to complain about with this game <laughs> was there was no interior pass rush. Uh-uh. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could just step up or move out of the pocket, and Vaughn Miller's rush was basically completely ineffective. Gotsis and Wolf weren't really getting any sort of pressure whatsoever. And that's really the key to Von Miller um, playing well and getting enough pass rush is Derek Wolf pushing the pocket. And he wasn't able to do that because the Chiefs guards were really good. Uh, I thought Mitchell Schwartz did a really good job with Von Miller too. And he didn't get to the quarterback uh, when the game was on the line, when he usually does. Yeah. No, my preview of this game was pretty spot on. If we're, it was. It if was. We're going to be honest about it, guys. But, no, you're right. It's not only that, I thought – I don't – like, Adam Gotsis is doing almost nothing for the defensive line, I feel like. And, like, so the, the players are, are, are complaining about Joe Woods and the scheme and things like that. And uh, for the most part, I, I thought he called a pretty good game. And I was looking at a play um, late in the game – where they they did bring a pass rush, I think it might have been on the third or second and thirty. So they bring they bring five guys. So they bring mm-hmm. an extra guy for pressure. The only defensive lineman in the game on that play was Adam Gotsis. The other pass rushers were uh, Chubb, Brandon Marshall, Will Parks, and Darian Stewart. So on a second and thirty. Two of your pass rushers are guys you could argue should be in coverage. Um, And you don't have Wolf or Pecco or Harris or Kerr in there to kind of manhandle that line. And the Broncos got pressure on that play, but Mahomes, like he did many times, he rolled out, he extended the play, and he completes a a pass, you know. Or maybe I'm thinking of uh, when he completed it to Tyreek Hill on third and 15. Sorry, yeah, that's the play I'm thinking. It was third and 16. He completed the, the pass to Tyreek Hill, who Chris Harris was in coverage on, uh, uh, gave up. He was in good coverage, but he gave up the pass to Hill. So it's – and that led to a fourth and one that the Chiefs went for and, and converted. Yep. And on so, that second that second and 30, they were playing man coverage too, which one of the only things I agreed with in the broadcast, they're asking, why would you play man coverage on second and 30? Just keep the ball in front of you. They didn't do that. Uh, they ended up getting what, like 23 yards, so a huge chunk of it. They got 23 it. yards. They did, have, they did have pressure there. Uh, but, again, Mahomes rolled out. And in-man yeah. coverage, the, the risk you're running there is that a guy's going to break open if, if the play is extended, and that's exactly what happened. But um, I don't – I'm not going to, like, over-critique the, the defense the Broncos were in there. Um, it's just, like, the Chiefs offense just made a better play again. And looking back at a lot of plays, the guys were in position, like you said, to make a play – the chief is the Chiefs just out executed them. Um, I think on their first touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, Brandon Marshall had great coverage on Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey just makes a better catch, and Mahomes put it in a place where, you know, only Kelsey's going to get it if he gets it. Marshall had his hand 
on Kelsey's arms. And like, I'm not going to blame Brandon Marshall for that. Like I was like, Oh shit, that's really good coverage. You just made a fucking play. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's really hard to, like you said, put blame one person or group. Uh, the, the defense, I thought the, the secondary had to play in coverage longer than they had any game this season. And for the most part did a pretty good job, except in the fourth quarter, uh, the chiefs take a six and a half minute drive. I think they just wore the defense out and then the offense comes in and goes three and out. Doesn't even give the, the defense a chance to, to basically recover. And you know, the chiefs go down and score quickly again, but really if you want to blame the defense, I think you blame the interior pass rush, like you said, or just the pass rush in general. But the Broncos yep. were not good against the run, something that they had been good against uh, in every game. But Kareem Hunt, 121 yards, and he had a few big plays where guys missed tackles on him and just got out of position. Yeah, there were like three missed tackles on that 46-yard run. Uh, Gotsis, Gotsis just tried to arm tackle him near the sideline. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Uh, someone else missed too. I can't remember who, but that was pretty. That was about as poor uh, of a tackling performance as that Royce Freeman touchdown run. Yeah, it's like it's just poor execution. Um, and then, I mean, on that uh, the fourth quarter touchdown drive too for the Chiefs. It's third down. It's right after Adam Jones makes a great a great stop on Tyree Kill, which I'm like, oh yeah. shit. How's Adam Jones fast enough to catch Tyreek Hill? Uh, it's the third down. Von Miller gets to Mahomes, but Mahomes switches the ball to his left hand and completes a pass to Tyreek Hill for a first down. Like the, he's he's Miller is tackling him as he's getting tackled. He makes a left-handed throw. Uh, it's just like I don't know why Tyreek Hill got so open, but I don't know how you stop that. That's all I'm saying. I don't know yeah. how you freaking stop that and when the offense needed a big play the Broncos didn't get it from them it's kind of okay so it's kind of ironic because I always compare I always complain about how every young quarterback uh who's like even slightly elusive gets compared to Ben Roethlisberger (laughs) um, because I feel like it's super lazy but I think Vic Lombardi made a really good point on Twitter that Mahomes actually plays like early Roethlisberger where he didn't really throw a lot on schedule, and he kind of just turns every play into sandlot football and yeah. is just impossible to bring down and throws the ball always at the last second on time. And that's kind of what it felt like. Um, I don't know. Just to, just to be on character and, and question Patrick Mahomes a little bit more, I don't know if that's the, <laughs> the recipe for a long, sustained career in the NFL, but it's working right now. Yeah. And it is if you're, if you are like Ben Roethlisberger or, I mean, I think, I think he looks more, I think he plays the game to me a little bit more like Aaron Rodgers than Ben Roethlisberger. uh, In that (laughs) Rodgers, like when you watch him play, he does the, the on schedule throws really well, which I think, uh, you know, Mahomes has to kind of grow into, but I don't know. Rogers moves around the pocket and extends plays. Like to me, Ben Roethlisberger, when he was young, he would extend plays by kind of shifting and moving around the pocket, but he would also just 
I guess it, he would. You couldn't tackle him, and I guess the Broncos kind of had that issue too with Mahomes. But <laughs> yeah. their their issue tackling him wasn't because he was just bigger and stronger than them. Like when I think of Roethlisberger, I think of like a guy on him, and he still just you know makes the throw. Mahomes, it looked like the Broncos had chances to sack him. Shane Ray trips and falls on his way to sack him. Darian Stewart just whiffs when he has a chance to get at him, and Von Miller just kind of couldn't wasn't fast enough to to get him so maybe it's just maybe 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 you're right maybe it isn't it is more like Roethlisberger now that I, I talk about it loudly but <laughs> now that I think about it um, um yeah so we were talking about it before we cut out but where does this rank for you on most painful losses of all time uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to assume uh either the Super Bowl Baltimore or Jacksonville in 96 are yeah, those are up the there. Three. I honestly like um, the some of the worst Broncos Chiefs losses for me were when I lived in Wichita, Kansas. That doesn't help. So I remember being over at my uh, buddy Josh Riesgo's house. His family—they were big Chiefs fans. I was a Broncos fan, and uh, it was oh man, who was their kicker then? It was 97, so it was the first Super Bowl year. But the the Chiefs – Oh, they, I, know, I know what game you're talking about. They yeah. won on a last-second, like, 54-yard field goal. Uh, and I just remember being just crushed because I thought the Broncos were going to win. And I'm over around all these Chiefs fans. Uh, and that, it's not like they rubbed it in my face or anything. Like, they were cool about it. But that one, to me, I just remember stinging a lot. And then also the the Montana Elway battle when I think Montana got the win. Um, yeah, ninety four, another Monday night game. Yeah, I was young, but I remember being pretty upset about about that <laughs> as well. So to me, those those losses hurt uh, a little more than this one. What about what about you? What are you putting this one up pretty high <laughs> up there? I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to contextualize because I think I was already in a bad place because the Rockies lost to the Dodgers yeah. in pretty uh, – not as heartbreaking, definitely, uh, because they went down early. But that was a, a bad way to start the day, definitely. Um, but I think – I don't think anything will top Baltimore in 2012 just because I thought that team was good enough to win the yeah. Super Bowl that year. That one was uh, horrible. And just everything went wrong for them in that game. Um, that Chiefs game that we mentioned from 2016, another time they had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter uh, and blew it again. That was pretty fucking tough. I just feel like losses like this are payback. Um, it's like football karma working itself out. Like, I think of the, the Jamal Charles fumble in the Broncos 2015. Like, that win for the Broncos was insane, and that one had to hurt so bad for Chiefs fans. And uh, because of that, as Broncos fans, we are paying. We are paying the the fucking football karma gods. And we've been paying for like three years now. So yeah, it's, it's about to be long yeah. enough. <laughs> I think uh, maybe uh, the Broncos will go into Arrowhead and get a win and we'll be uh, back on uh, even Stevens. But um, I think for you, like I don't hate Patrick Mahomes yet. Um, you'll get there. I, I know I will. Here's the thing. Like, I – last night, 
Um, before the game, I thought ESPN did a good story on him. I think he's a likable guy. I think he plays the game in a way that is fun to watch. But watching him get that victory, seeing his excitement and his cockiness, that is going to get worse. And he is going to turn into, I think, the next Tom Brady for me, where I didn't mind Tom Brady in the first couple years of his career. And then over time, he grew into be he grew to be the cancerous tumor <laughs> that just follows me through football. And since, and since Mahomes is in the same division as the Broncos, since they're going to have to play him twice a year, you know, the only thing that's really looking like it's going to stop him right now is an injury. Or if Andy Reid retires and they bring in some coach that is just a horrible fit for him, a lot can happen. Like for you to have a long career and be great. You have to either transcend all of those things or you have to be in the right situation your entire career, like Brady and Belichick together. Um, but I feel the hate is going to come up strongly and I am going to hate Patrick Mahomes for all of the right football reasons. Uh, no real true merit to it, but uh, yeah, I see that coming too. Yeah, I think the difference is just I I know it's going to happen and just knowing that it's going to happen uh, just creates it already just deep inside my stomach and my soul. Yeah. And, and I can just I can foresee the next 10 years and I don't like what I see. Um, but I think we need to start the petition for the Chiefs uh, when they get rid of Andy Reid, which eventually will happen. He's been coaching a really long time. Uh, they're going to need to hire Josh McDaniels. I think we need to start that movement. Hire McDaniels. Yep. Hire Vance Joseph. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that might be worse. The, what do you, yeah, what do you think about all the – because, all right, so if Twitter ran the team this week, <laughs> the three moves they would make. Dude, if the XFL was smart, they would have one team that is all personnel decisions are decided by Twitter every week. I don't hate it. That team would be terrible, but – um, <laughs> it'd, be hilarious. it'd be very entertaining. Uh, yeah, so they had fired Vance Joseph. I, they would have fired Vance Joseph a long time ago, probably like week, like this time last year, most likely. Um, but they would do that after the game. They would probably fire Joe Woods, and Chad Kelly would be starting next week. <laughs> yeah, which means you're left. DT with- would be DT would be cut too. Yeah, he'd be. Cut and banned from the league. Yeah, possi- um, possibly executed in the, in the town square for all to see. It's insane. Um, I mean, like, if you fire Vance Joseph midseason, what, who's, who do you have? Who's your head coach? <laughs> do you trust Bill yeah. Musgrave to run the team? If you get rid of Joe Woods, which defensive coordinator's coming in? Like, who's under Joe Woods that everybody's talking about is this great defensive mind? Like, <laughs> I don't know no. who that is. I don't – I don't really ever agree with making firing coaches midseason um, unless you think you've yeah. got a guy on your roster who you might want to be the next coach. Um, I think sometimes it works, like and not works, but like it's a good move. Like I think firing Josh McDaniels. Uh, he's the exception. You can always fire season. McDaniels yeah. whenever the hell you want. True, true. Um, <laughs> the Colts fired him before, uh, before he even played a game is what I choose to believe. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, all those decisions have ramifications, and the Broncos are just kind of paying for, I think, some of the poor decisions they've made. Um, Garrett Bowles being one, Paxton Lynch being one, Wade Phillips being gone is another. 
Uh, yeah, that one hurts. I mean, if if you get rid of Woods, you're bringing what are you gonna bring in? Is Kubiak gonna come in and coach? Like, I don't know. If, I don't think that's much better. Um, I don't know. To me, the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, it's back to Mahomes in that you uh, people also want to compare him to Deshaun Watson and say, look what happened to Watson. Like, he's not that great now after an amazing initial like five games. The, the, to me, the difference is Mahomes is a better thrower than Deshaun Watson. And Watson, as good as he was playing early, was throwing a lot of interceptions as well. Mahomes yeah. has zero interceptions through four games. Like He did. He did have some very, very uh, interceptable passes last yeah, night. He did, uh, but they didn't happen. Like, for the most part, he they is – will, though. They'll even out. They always do. I don't know if he'll even out. He'll definitely throw some picks, but I think he's always going to have a pretty good touchdown-to-interception ratio. Uh, I thought he was going to struggle this year. In my Chiefs prediction episode before the season, I thought uh, he was definitely not going to play this good. So we'll see. The season's long, and he's going to hit some – like the the Chiefs are – who, who do they have coming up? They're, I think they have the to Jaguars. play – The Jaguars. Jacksonville. They have to play the Rams as well, right? Do you have to play New England? Yeah, they have to play the Rams. They have to play New England because they both won the division last year. So they've okay. got – yeah, they've got um, some tough teams coming and up. And their defense is not good. Like, no. the Broncos should have taken more advantage of that defense. They should have – they should have scored more points. Like, yep. that's the thing. The Chiefs as a team aren't there yet. Uh, they have figured out their quarterback and their offense, but their defense is is not good. Um, no, yeah, I don't. I still don't think that this is a team that's built to succeed uh, in the long run in terms of a single season. Uh, they're they're a great September October team as they have been since Andy Reid got there. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, as good as he's playing right now, like he and I'm not saying this like jokingly. Um, like as in character of hating him, but he's going to regress. He is. He's not going to keep up this pace. Uh, he's going to start throwing in some picks. He's going to have some some bad games. I mean, you saw it. Like he did start to regress last night until the last you know ten minutes of the game. Uh, he looked like he was really coming back down to earth. And maybe that was the Broncos' defense playing out of their minds for most of the game, but. It's going to happen at some point, and they're not going to keep this pace forever, and it's just kind of a matter of when. And they tried to trade for uh, Earl Thomas from the Seahawks, which was reported yesterday. Unfortunately, Earl Thomas ended up breaking his leg, so that's not going to happen this season. But they're really going to be in trouble when they play a good team uh, with an offense like New England or a team like Jacksonville that can control the ball and keep it out of their offense's hands. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they – try and shore up that defense like this offseason. I don't know where their cap situation is or how many draft picks they have, but uh, they need to get a, a respectable defense to be, I think, like a true contender. Um, yeah. Well, they're going to have to pay – they're going to have to pay Tyreek Hill soon. Um, they're not – I don't think they – they won't have to pay Kareem Hunt for another year. I don't know what the situation is on Kelsey. I think they've already paid him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they don't really have anybody on defense that they need to pay because they traded away Marcus Peters. No, but they need to acquire, uh, some guys. 
Yeah, no, I definitely. Out, like, here's the last night. Okay, the the Chiefs defense. Their only two like very good players are D Ford and Justin Houston, and it was like yeah. the Broncos had no fucking plan for those guys. Uh, Absolutely. And also, I think Billy Turner's outplaying Jared Valdir. Yeah, no, the Monday night broadcast didn't even mention that <laughs> Valdir left with an injury and Billy Turner came in and played the rest of the game for him. Yeah, which is another at, at right tackle. Play, and he, he did okay. I think um, Billy Turner, I mean, if, if Garrett Bolt, like I don't know what Valdir's knee injury is, if it's not serious and he can get back on the field, I think you can talk about moving Valdir to left tackle and leaving Billy Turner in at right tackle and using Garrett Bowles in situational football. Because yeah. didn't, wasn't Valdir a left tackle most of his career and then he moved to right tackle? Or am I yeah. making that up? No, no, you're right. He played left tackle for the, um, the Raiders for most of his career. Okay. Pretty well, too. Yeah, no, he was – when the Cardinals signed him, it was a, a big acquisition. Um, yeah. So, he I mean – great before he got hurt, too. He wasn't giving up sacks, but he got pushed uh, and wasn't creating a very good pocket for Keenum. No, Bowles, I mean – Bowles is so inconsistent, you can't count on him. Yeah, Bowles isn't just like he gives up pressure. It's he gives up pressure, and then the next play he tries to make up for it by getting a penalty. Yeah. It's – He's not know. a smart – he's just not a very smart – like, I think he's too emotional for a left tackle. Like, there's a reason that offensive – like, great offensive linemen seem to be such, like, um, I don't know, low-key guys because they're – you know, they have a short memory. Um, they're smart, yeah. too. I don't know if Garrett Bowles – he's very athletic. I don't know if he's the smartest player um, to no, be a offensive line. Yeah, you could argue the exact opposite of that. But, I mean, he's yeah. – he said he has a learning disability. Like he's publicly talked about that. So it's not like right. one of those things you want to make light of or make fun of, but, uh, no, but at the same time, like, I don't know if that's a guy you want to hang your hat on as a first exactly. round pick to play no. left tackle for 10 Dude, years. That was a pick when the Broncos made it. Like I just, people were upset. <laughs> I had a sinking feeling in my stomach. I remember I when they did that. And then I tried to find like, a positive spin on it because I don't like to be the guy who just shits on everything. My yes, does. There's, there's enough of those. Um, and like, I, I don't think they needed to reach for alignment at that, that spot. Uh, but they should have, I mean, they clearly should have taken Ryan Ramchek instead. Uh, yeah, he's a much better player. He had a little bit of an injury concern, which hasn't stopped the Broncos from drafting fucking tight ends. Uh, so I don't know why that would bother him at tackle. If you think about – I forgot that, like, Jeff Hireman had knee injuries coming into the Broncos. Hireman, yeah. here's a tight end we really like with, the, with knee injury problems. Jake Butt, here's a tight end with knee injury problems we really like. Troy Fumagalli, here, he's got a hernia, but we really like him. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even have ten fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Fumagalli might – if Butt and Fumagalli can get healthy, they might be good. But right now, to help this team, like, it yeah. is, uh, it's tough. No, I wasn't. I I wasn't very happy with the with the Garrett Bowles drafting. I remember I was watching that draft when I was uh, overseas in Ireland, and I had to stay up until like five in the morning to watch the first round. Nice. <laughs> and 
when I was waiting for OJ Howard because he kept falling and falling, and I wanted the Broncos to get him so badly. And the Buccaneers picked him the pick before the Broncos. And once they once they called Garrett Bowles' name, I I was just like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rough one. Um, yeah. So it's those decisions. I mean, the thing is, I think this last draft is going to be better for the Broncos. I think. Yeah, I mean, it already is. I think they it's need to start. Showing. Yeah, I think at some point Chubb starts to he needs to start producing more. But again, I wouldn't be overly critical of Bradley Chubb right now because. A lot of times, that position, the players don't really figure it out until season two. Like, <laughs> unless it's fucking Joey Bosa or Von Miller, which we have talked about, the truly special guys come in and are very good right away. Like, um, I think that's a position that is it takes it takes some learning to do to figure out how you need to rush the passer, um, how you yep. need to identify, you know what the offense is going to do and like a lot of little things that I don't understand because I'm not a coach and I don't want to be, but uh, you know, like I think people are starting to be kind of critical on Chubb as well. So, and the, the Broncos do need more from their pass rush outside of the, the first game against Seattle. Like it's just gotten, I feel like worse and worse every week. So uh, yeah, can't argue with that. That's about, I mean, the chiefs have a decent offensive line. Um, they do. They do. That, that that really doesn't get talked about enough. Um, they were the guards got, were incredible yeah. last night. You've got a doctor on the line. Like, how are you going to beat that? I, he's a do- he's not only a doctor of medicine, but a, a doctor of pass blocking. He played really well. Yeah, he should have his own like show. That's like uh, so. half medical, half uh, football. It's like uh, it's like a combination of. Like house and ballers put together. Right, right. I think I think that would be a great show. I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's French, so he pronounces things funny, I think. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Yeah, uh, so I guess last thing to mention from this game, just to kind of end it on a positive note, uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce, Royce Freeman looked really good. <laughs> yes, no, that's... And the offensive line for their struggles, uh, you know, on the edges and pass product, uh, protection, pretty good run blocking unit. Um, yeah. I'm confident. And it seems like the offense, the only time it really works is when the running game is going. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. if I mean, they're going to – they got to play the Jets. They're going to be playing at the Jets. The Jets' defense, I think, is actually decent against the run. So it's going to yeah. be – That'll be a good test, but that's a uh, Broncos have to win that game because they're a better team than the Jets. And for fans to have hope for the rest of this season, like for eight and eight or nine and seven, the Broncos have to go in and beat the Jets. So we'll highlight that game on Thursday, like normal. This this episode going up a day late because we just wanted to recap the Broncos, and uh, we'll be back Thursday. And yes, we will. Try not to cry about this loss for too long. Go Rockies. Oh, yeah, Rockies, big game today.